Uh, you know, when my uh, growing up, my parents were like way older than my friends' parents. I mean, they had me way, way, way later in their life. They were pushing 50 years old when they when they had me. And there were some things that they would talk about, you know, that they went through, that they experienced in their life that I was thinking, really glad I don't, you know, I didn't have to go through that. One of them was the Depression. You know, they lived through the Depression. They lived through World War II, and there was nothing in me that was thinking, man, I wish I got to live through the Depression. Man, I wish I was there during World War II. Nothing in me that. But there was also, you know, there were some things that they, that they experienced that I thought, man, I really like that. Like one of them was ballroom dancing. I mean, they would they would go to ballroom dancing with you know with Glenn Miller, with Tommy Dorsey, with the with those uh, those people, and and actually be dancing there. And I'd I'd watch them dance, and I thought that is so beautiful. And they'd watch the you know uh, the Ginger Roger Fred Astaire movies, and again I thought. Man, that's so pretty. I mean, I wish that was part of my generation because my generation's dance looks more like a seizure set to music, right? There was, there was just not that beauty, that elegance in it. And, and what we're going to do this week and next week, we're going to be taking a look and comparing our relationship with God to a dance. This was not part of the, you know, what, we, what I had planned for these two weeks, but we're doing an, actually a series on, on hearing from God, listening to God. So I think he wants us to take this detour because a lot of what, when it comes to relationship uh, or to hearing from him, it deals with relationships. So that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, I remember a time when I went to, uh, I was in youth group myself, and we were at a camp at the same time another youth group was at a camp. And our camp, uh, our youth directors decided that they were going to try to get both of the youth groups together, and they thought a good way of doing this on a Saturday night was to have a dance. So, so sure enough, we come there, and there's the, you know, they had a, had a gymnasium or something ready to, ready to have us there, and the music starts playing, and our youth group is, is, you know, against this wall over here, and their youth group is against this wall over here, and there's this no man's land in between, this abyss that nobody is about to go from one side to the other. And then all of a sudden, I saw this vision on the other side. She's a beautiful young lady, and she comes walking over to her friends, and I looked at my friends. Have you ever had those moments where you look back in it, and it seems like everything's in slow motion as you remember it? That's kind of what this is. And I remember going and saying to my friends, handing them a Coke, and, and, and saying, uh, there's something I need to do. So I, I hand that, and I'm walking in about halfway in between. I'm in that no man's land, and, and suddenly I realize what's happening here. I'm in the middle, I'm, my, you know, my emotions are on my sleeve. I am giving it all, all eyes are on me, right? And then also I'm realizing, man, I'm kind of, I'm kind of representing my own youth group right here too because if I go down, it's kind of like my whole youth group goes down too. And I guarantee you every guy in the place, eyes were on me on, on that one because if I guarantee you again, if I went down in flames, there was not another chance that one other guy was going to go to the other side and ask a girl to dance with him. So I'm, I'm there, and suddenly I go up to that young lady, and you know, she didn't scream, she didn't puke, she didn't run away. I thought that was a good sign, at least, right? And then she, also her friend started smiling, she smiled, and I asked her, will you dance with me? And so we went out on the dance floor, and I still remember the song. It was, Brick, how? No, she wasn't. I'm just kidding. It wasn't that. It was slow dancing, swaying to the music. Slow dancing, just me and my, 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 my girl. I just remember that for some reason. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Thank you very much. 
So anyway, so I remember, the, yeah, I remember the song and suddenly all these other couples started to dance as well. But it was that moment, there was something in that that I look back on and it reminds me of God because that's what God did. God loves everybody in the room. God loves everybody in this room. God loves everybody who's hearing my, my voice right now. But, and he, and, and, but he also looks at every single one of us and says, will you dance? Will you have a relationship with me? Can we have a relationship? And in that invitation, don't miss this, in that invitation is an invitation to salvation. It's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation to our inheritance. It's an invitation to a power and authority we did not have before. It's an invitation to walk with the God of the universe. It's an invitation to a life of adventure. It's an invitation to purpose in life. It's an invitation to, for guys, it's an invitation to, to put on God's uniform. It's an invitation to get on the field. It's an invitation to fight God's battle with him. It's an invitation of camaraderie. It's this incredible, incredible invitation because God has always been all about relationship. In fact, you look at the very start and you, you, you realize that, uh, that God walked with Adam in the cool of the evening, the Bible says. Exodus 33, and watch how God does this with, attracts the, the male heart and the female heart and all this. Exodus 33 says, the, uh, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Song of Solomon, which is a really a book, it's almost an R-rated book that's uh, that in the middle of the Bible that's about a steamy relationship between a man and his, and his wife, but it's also God comparing us to his relationship with us and his relationship with the church. And he says this, my lover spoke to me and said, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come with me. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you, he's talking to you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And in John chapter 15, when Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. So Jesus wants to have this relationship with us, this close relationship, but the problem is a lot of times we settle for way, way, way less than the relationship God's talking about here. One thing we do is we, sell, we, we settle for knowing about God rather than knowing him. Now, there's, there's two words that are used in the, in the New Testament for know. The first one is the word gnosko in the Greek. And what it means, it's an intellectual knowledge. I mean, G-N-O, it's, it's talking about knowledge, right? It's talking, it's saying we have a, uh, we, we know about something. Like, for instance, you may know about the Civil War, right? Because maybe you've just, you've studied that, you've worked on that. But you don't know the Civil War. You've never been there. You've never done that. That's not been a part of your life. But you know about it, whatever it is that you've studied, you know about that. But then the other, the, the other word is, is yoda, and what that, that means as well is oida means um, it means to know experience, experientially. In other words, you, you know about coming here today. You, you know that because you've been here. You've experienced that. You're experiencing that right now. Maybe a difference would be you, you gnoisco a celebrity, maybe a particular one. You may know all about them. You may know who they're married to. You may know the names of their kids. You may know every movie they've ever been in. You may know every song they've ever sung. You could sing along with it. But you don't know them. You know about them. You have an intellectual knowledge about them, but you don't know them. Now, now your friends, your family, your children, your spouse, you oida them. You know them. You, you've, 
You've done life with them. You've laughed with them. You've cried with them. You've played with them. You've, you've, you've done things with them. You've, you've gone on trips with them. You've hiked with them. You've watched shows together. You have, you oida them. You know them. And God's desire for our life, for every person hearing my voice, is not a gnosko relationship with him. It's not just to know about God. It's just not know who he is and, and, and things like that. But it is to, to, to oida him, to know him personally on a regular basis, to know not just about him, but to, to know him. And then also, we settle for religion instead of intimacy. I mean, I, you know, I've been about this for a, little, for a long time between being a pastor and a, a youth pastor. And what I've seen is this. I see there's a lot of people who respect God and give him respect even every Sunday and, and, you know, and, and even go through ritual a lot of times. But there doesn't seem to be all that many people in our culture that just really, really are passionately in love with God that have that deep, deep relationship with him. And instead, they set, we settle for religion instead of relationship. And here's the problem with religion. First of all, it's extremely selfish. It's saying, what can God do for me? How can I, how can I have God on my side so he'll do things for me, so he'll make me happy, wealthy, whatever it, whatever it is for me and my family and keep us safe and everything like that? How can I manipulate God? And we may not say that, but it's really what we're thinking. It's really how we're doing things. But then also, religion, in religion, there's no relationship. Think about the Pharisees. You talk about religion, they had religion down to a science, man. I mean, they had, they had the Bible in their day memorized. They knew everything about it. They knew all that. But then when the, the one who the Bible is about is standing right in front of them, they don't even recognize him. In fact, Jesus said, you don't know me and you don't know my father. You know all about it and everything, but you don't have a personal relationship with us. And then notice this too is intimacy with God is the most important thing in our life, in this life as we are on this earth. It is the most important thing to us. Think about this. 100 years from now, it is not, your career is not going to matter a bit. 100 years from now, it is not going to matter. Money is not going to matter to you a bit. Your looks are not going to matter to you at, at all. Your accomplishments are not going to matter to, uh, to, to you at all. Any of those things that your sports team is not going to matter to you at all. What is going to matter 100 years from now is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it, so if that's going to be out there, it should be the most important thing in our life right now. Now, two things about God in his invitation. The first, he has made himself very, very vulnerable in this invitation. Any guy in here that's ever asked a lady for anything, you know what vulnerability is there. If you've ever asked a lady to dance, if you've ever asked a lady to go on a date, if you've ever gotten on a knee and asked a lady to, to marry you, you know what it feels like to put your, have your sleeve on, you know, out, out there, your emotions on your sleeve, and know that you could be shot down. It could be something great, or you could be shot down there. It is an extremely humbling moment. And that's exactly what the God of the universe has done for us. He invites us, but he is a man, he has he put himself out. relationship with him, knowing we can either say yes to that invitation or we can spit in his face and say, no thanks, I'm not doing that dance with you. That's the God of the universe who has made himself that amazingly vulnerable for, for this. But also something, God's invitation to dance is both universal and personal. There's universal invitations that he's made for every single one of us. He says, for God so loved the what? The world, right? 
that he gave his only begotten son. He says this in Romans. He, he, says, he says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's incredibly, incredibly universal. He says, come to me, all who, are, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those are universal calls and invitations for, for all of us. But then there's the personal invitation. And think about this in the Bible. One example would be the woman at the well and and she's there and Jesus comes up and gives her an amazingly personal invitation and basically says this, you've been looking for love in all the wrong place and you've been going from guy to guy to guy to guy hoping that they will fill you, hoping they will satisfy that hurt in your heart and only I'm going to do that and I invite you to come and have water that will last forever, not just for a night. And then he comes to Peter and he gives him a purpose. He says to Peter, he says, you've been, you've been fishing for, for fish how about fishing for men? I'm going to give you a purpose that's so much bigger than you ever dreamed or imagined, Peter. He goes up to Levi and he just says, follow me. And Levi followed him. In other words, this, we're going to probably have around 2,000 people listening to this message to this, this morning. And that means if, if I was to take an, a microphone and every single one of you came up here who had a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe even if you didn't at this point, and said, how did God invite you? You'd be able to give me 2,000 different ways. Because that's how intimate God is. God's, God t is inviting you in a different way. He's inviting you who's in a different way inviting you. Each one of us. He loves us enough to invite us personally. He invites us generally, but invites us personally as, uh, as well. And God may give us an invitation, but we have, to, we have to accept that invitation. It's like this. It's like, you know, God, the God of the universe goes in the, on the dance floor. And he offers, he offers a hand, but what do we do with it? If we, don't, if we don't grab that hand, if we don't start that dance along with him, it's, it, it's, it does us no good. And the Bible says this. The Bible says, to those who receive him, to those he gives the right to become children of God. And you may be listening to my voice right now and you may know about God. You may even love him and believe in him. You may believe that Jesus died on the cross for him. But if you have not, if you don't receive that gift... It's just like me offering you a gift right now. It does you no good unless you take it, unless you receive it. And unless you say yes to Jesus and his salvation, in reality, you're saying no to that. But also notice something too. It's not just Christians that that applies to, that the invitation applies to. He says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who hears my voice and listens to me, I will come in and have a relationship with him. Now, I have used that verse to, to help lead hundreds and maybe thousands of people to Jesus Christ. But in context, that verse is talking to Christians. In context, that verse is saying, God is talking to Christians and saying, look, I'm knocking at your door every single day of your life. And you can have to, to take you deeper, to take you places you never did, to go on an adventure with me, to live life with me, to have a relationship with me. Every day he knocks on, on our door and we either accept that invitation or we don't. And I'm telling you something that will change your life is when you wake up every day and know God's invited you to something that day, that'll change your Monday. That'll change your Tuesday. That'll change your Wednesday. That'll get you up every day because you're going every day. You're saying, you know that God is inviting you to something awesome. God is inviting you to a relationship. God is inviting you to something deeper. And we have that, that opportunity every day to either ignore that or get on the dance floor with, uh, with him. An amazing opportunity. And the word, you know, one of the words for, that we have for this year is deeper. And know this, every single person who's hearing my voice right now, God is inviting you to go deeper. There's that invitation. God's inviting you to go deeper. What is your answer to that? As he reaches across every day and says, go deeper with me, what are you going to do? Are you going to accept that invitation or are you going to stay right where you are and say, no, I'm sitting this dance out? 
Something else, you know, we, in this room, when this room was first made shortly after, we had a dance at the, at the church. We had a ballroom dancer. There was uh, somebody that was going to come in, an instructor, and, and she was going to teach us how to do some ballroom dancing. And it was really a lot of fun. There, was, there were uh, married couples that came in. There were fiancés that came in. There were just boyfriend and girlfriend that came in. There were people that came, and they just wanted to learn to dance, and we paired, paired them up with each other. And it was a blast. But I'll tell you one thing. At the start, it was wild. It was a little I had never done any ballroom dancing before, and we walk in there, and, and all the guys are kind of looking at each other, and we felt like, we felt like dorks, because we'd never done this. This was out of our comfort zone. This was out of most of our experience. And then she would teach, first she'd teach the ladies, and the ladies always got it so fast. They're like, you know, they're doing this, and then, then all of a sudden he's teaching the guys, and we're just looking at each other going, darn. And, but you know, the great thing is about every single guy in there is we did it. We stuck with it, even though it was awkward, even though it didn't, it didn't feel right, it didn't, it didn't feel natural to us. We did it because of the love of, that we had to, to not only learn to dance, but also for our, our beloved that we were, we were there with. And, I, and I, I love that because there were also some people there that night that, man, you knew what you were doing. I mean, you guys, man, it was just smooth, and you guys were smooth and silk, and I remember one lady had her leg ticked up like this, and, and she was just, you know, they were just amazing. But here's the thing, how does that apply to your life and my life? Is first of all, there's people who are in this room, there's people who are hearing my voice, and you've been dancing with God for a long time, and you love God, and I mean, you're just, I, I mean, and everything about that just comes in second nature to you. I mean, reading your Bible, it's just, it's like breathing. Praying, it's just like breathing. You just do it. You don't even think about it anymore. It's so natural to you. There's, th- they're going, being involved in a ministry, being involved in a small group, you've done it so long, it's just so natural to you. But there's other people that you're right now hearing my voice, and all of this is so awkward to you. All of this because maybe you've never, maybe this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in a church in your life or the first time you've ever listened to a service or maybe you're back after years of, 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 of being away from God or something or maybe you've just never, you, you know, this is, I mean, just even coming here and singing, it's just, it's just awkward, it's different for you or, or opening up your Bible for the first time and trying to read, it's just, it's just different for, for you or maybe stepping out into your, a, a, a ministry or, or, or also maybe it's, it's also, you know, when we talked about doing a midweek study and things. And you're going, you know, I'd like to do that, but man, I just, God, I've never done that before and it just seems weird and everything and I feel so, so awkward. And if that's you, it's okay. That is natural. That is absolutely perfectly natural because anytime we do something new, it is awkward. Uh, I remember the first time I ever went to a Bible study that uh, I had just become a Christian. A friend of mine invited me there, and I had never read the Bible before. And suddenly, I'm, you know, he's, the person says, turn to 3 John. I didn't even know there was a 3 John. I thought there, you know, so I'm sitting here just, you know, trying to do this, and I'm feeling like a dork. I really am. And somebody was so beautiful, they come in and said, here, let me show you where it is. And they weren't jerky about it. They were just helpful about it. And I remember thinking right there at that moment, okay, I could either be embarrassed and never come back here again, or I could go... That's why I'm here. I'm here to learn this. I'm here to do, and I'm going to start out, and I'm going to step on some toes, and I'm going to fall on my face. I'm not going to be in rhythm at times, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to know the, the dances and things like that. I'm not going to know some of this. And so, uh, so uh, you know, what do we do when that happens? Because here it is. Um, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever tried to learn to ski, water ski, ice skate, or skate? And raise your hand. How would you feel those first few times, huh? 
I mean, those first few times, do you remember trying to get on the skates and everything's like this, you know? Or you're trying to ski and you're, you're trying to snow plow and everything and it every, you're going faster instead of slower as you're doing that? Or, or how many have ever tried to, to learn an instrument? Raise your hand. How did that work out the first time? What were those first sounds like that you were trying to do on that clarinet? What were the first sounds you were trying to do? I mean, it was abysmal, right? But you kept doing it. Why? Because you wanted to learn. But what I want to say is this. No matter what you try to do the first time, even the people that you look at and go, man, they can play some basketball. Man, they can dance. Man, they can do this. Whatever it is, they didn't start out that way. They started out as dorky as you did. And here's the, the, so what we can either do, we can be intimidated by that or we can be inspired by that. And we can go, yeah, I feel like a dork right now, but I'm going to get better at this if I keep, if I keep going. And end up, we can end up a little better like this. All of a sudden, if we keep doing it, there's going to be some beauty involved. And suddenly it's not going to, you know, the, the, the awkward first steps are going to be, which they are, they're going to be awkward at first. And notice this too. I remember when we first came and did this, this was a safe place to learn how to be a dork and dancing, right? I mean, it was a safe place. There were other people who were learning along with, with me. There were people that laughed when we made a mistake instead of sitting there. The, the lady was great and she'd, she'd help us out. And there were other people who really knew what they were doing and they'd help the rest of us out that didn't know as much as we were doing. It was extremely safe. I, if I felt like a dork, I didn't feel like a dork long and other people felt like a dork right along with me. Here's my prayer for Crossroads. I always pray that this is a place that's very, very safe to learn how to dance with God. That this is a place that you're going to make mistakes and when you, you're not going to know everything. We're not, you're going to fumble the ball sometimes when you, when you start out in a ministry. You're not going to know the, the dance all the time, but this is a safe place to learn how to dance. That there's going to be people here, there's going to be instructors here that help you along. There's going to be people here who are, are further along in that, no matter where you are than, 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 than I am or the, that we are in this, that's going to help us along. Here's what one person said that I found this note just the other day, an appropriate time for this. Said, at my old church, I was always afraid of making a mistake, so I never tried anything, so I never grew. But at Crossroads, I feel completely different. I feel encouraged to try and that it will be okay when I make mistakes. So I'm stepping out and I'm growing like crazy in my faith. May God increase her tribe. May people step out and understand that this is a safe place to learn how to read the Bible, to pray in public, to use your spiritual gifts, to whatever that is that God's calling you to, uh, to do. And let me ask you this. Amen. That's a... Have you ever had a boss or a coach that intimidated you like crazy? That you, you felt like you were out, you know, out playing the sport and, and, and you made one mistake and you, were, you knew you were in danger getting, getting off, the, off the court at that time. Every time you made a mistake, man, they'd reprimand you or they'd, do, or they'd, you know, they'd, they'd even take you off the, the field for a while. Or there was a, a boss that you made a mistake and you were afraid to make a mistake because, uh, because you could be fired for that. What did that do to your potential? I mean, it stifled it, didn't it? You were so afraid to do anything. You did nothing. But here's also, have you ever had a coach? Have you ever had a, uh, or, or a boss that encouraged you along the way even when you blew it? You know, there was, one, uh, there was one person here, a coach, that was here the first service. And she goes, you know, that was the, fir- the first thing I do every time before my, I, I teach the, the people is they, I say this. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. It's okay to make mistakes here. That's how you get better. 
Now, that's the kind of coach that when you make a mistake, it's easy. You don't, you don't feel, you know, it's, it's how do, what does that do to your potential? That makes you go, I'm going to try. Even if I fail, it's a safe place. You know, one thing I, I love about Sylvia, I love to dance with her. And, and things that I've, uh, that I've stepped on her toes as I've danced, I've been in, not in rhythm. I've done the wrong move and everything. And she's never been there to reprimand me one time. She's there with a smile because maybe this, maybe, 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 the relationship is more important than the dance, Right? In the same way, we have to understand, let me ask you this, which of those views is your view of God? Is your view of God somebody that when you make a mistake, all right, you're off the team? I mean, or sitting there with, you know, reprimand and everything, or is, is God the God that's saying, you know what, it's okay to make mistakes, that's how, you, that's how you learn. Or here's the question for you, for those who are parents, did you, when, you're, when your kids first started how, learning how to talk, did you go, I can't even understand the kid, man? Enunciate, use words, use this. Or did you go, look, at they're trying to talk. I don't know if they said poop or daddy, but they're trying to talk. It's so cool. They're trying to do it. Which were you doing? I mean, you just even that they were trying was so incredible to you. It came alive just as they were trying to do that. Or how about this? How about when they, my, my grandson, when he first started to walk, he was with me at that time. And it was so fun, man. I love this. And I did this with my own kids and things. But when they're walking and sitting there, you know, they're trying so hard and they're falling flat on their face. But then they'd walk three steps and you're going, yeah, do it, do it, do it. And they'd fall again and everything. You wouldn't trip them, right? But they'd fall. And then all of a sudden when they came to you, man, way to go, way to go, way to go. Which is your picture of God? Is your picture of God the God when you fall down and go, right foot, left foot, right foot, how tough is this? Or does your God go, way to go, way to go, man, you're trying there, and you're further than you were before, and you've taken these three steps, and way to go. And think of this, there was a, you know, the person that knew God the best, probably, of any person that walked this planet, besides Jesus Christ, you know, in, in human form, was, was maybe David. And listen to this, this is David who knew God well, this is him talking about his best friend. And this is what he said, he knew him, he knows his character, he knows what he's like, this is what he said about him. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Praise God. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Is that the God you know? He goes on to this and says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And one time, God appeared to Moses in all his glory. And then as he passed by, he declared things about himself. And think about what he could have done. He could have gone, God, God, the, the almighty God, the strong, the powerful, creator of everything. Do, 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 do. And he would have been in perfect right to do that because that's who he is. But you know what? Here's what he said. This is, he said, Moses, here's my business card. Here's how I want you to know me. And he said this. He said, the, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. When you see Jesus, you see the heart of the Father. You want to know what God, God the Father's like? Look at God the Son. That's what he's like. And how did Jesus respond when his, when his disciples constantly were falling on their face? constantly doing the wrong thing. When, when, when Peter's tried to walk on water and he start, drowns because he's looking at all the waves and everything and takes his eyes off Jesus, how did Jesus respond? 
I mean, Jesus, you know, he comes over and he, and he didn't say, yeah, you got yourself in the mess, get it out, right? He goes, he reaches out and the Bible says he immediately grabbed him and pulled him to safety. When Peter uh, denied that he even knew Jesus was, did he deny Peter? No, he didn't deny Peter. In fact, he recalled him and, he, and he, uh, that, that day he fixed him, fixed him lunch on the, on the seashore. And things and, and so uh, this is the picture that I want us to understand. When we dance with God, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall on our face. We're going to blow it. We're going to do things that, that there. But, but here's the thing I pray that we understand is there's a God that's gracious that understands it. And I'm not saying he lets us get by with everything. Like you know, a coach will, will challenge us and encourage us and, and help us to know what we did wrong. He doesn't just go, you know, forget about it. But he says, I'll help you along with this. You know, one of my favorite ver- uh, videos, my favorite pictures of, of dancing comes from the movie Titanic. I love the dance sequ- uh, uh, situation there. When Rose, she goes down into the third class uh, booth with, and, and tries to look for Jack there. She's sitting there and the Irish music is playing. And Jack's dancing with this little girl and then he looks at Rose and he says, come dance with me. And she goes, I, I, I can't. I can't do that, Jack. And he gets her, he takes her by the hand and he, and he, and he, he, he takes her onto the, the dance floor. And she says this, she says, uh, first he, he grabs her and he says, you need to come closer if we're going to dance. There's a sermon there, isn't there? And maybe that's God, God is saying that to many people in this room right now. You need to get closer if you're going to dance. And then she says this, she says, I don't know this dance. And he goes, he says, it's okay, just go with it. And all of a sudden she goes, she falls in his arms and, and they go around the dance floor and all of her excuses are melted away into squeals of delight and joy. And you can hear her going around. She's so happy, she's so thrilled that she, and she said yes to this dance even though she was afraid to do that. And then I love what happens. I love Jack gets her and takes her on top of the, the, the table and then he starts, to, he starts to do a jig. And she looks at him, and then she takes off her shoes, throws it to somebody. She looks, and she does the same jig. And I love it because she looks, the lo- I love the look she gives him. It's like, you didn't think I could do that, did you? Not bad, huh? And he looks at her with this look, and it's like, I knew you had it in you all along. Way to go. And you know what I love about this whole thing? Is maybe I love it so much because I've been there. And maybe you've been there too. And God has called you onto the dance floor of life. And how many times have you ever given him excuses? Said, I can't do that. You know, that's other people may be able to do that. I can't do that. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never this, 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 this. And the beautiful thing is God just says, let's go with it. Just go with it. Trust me. You may not know the dance. I know the dance. And I'm going to get you to the other side of this. And we're going to dance something beautiful together. One thing I love about the Bible in the Gospels, reading about Jesus, is it's really him doing the jig and him showing us, here's how you love. Here's how you forgive. Here's how you're compassionate. Here's how you can be generous. Here's how you can hear the voice of the Father. Here's how you can live a spirit-filled life. And he shows us. And then all of a sudden, we take off our shoes and we try to do what he's doing too. And sometimes we, we fail and sometimes we, we do it okay. And sometimes we look at him and go, how is that? And he looks at us and goes, I know you could do that. I knew you could do that. And one of my favorite things is to hear the testimonies of you that have said, you know what? I was afraid to go on the mission trip. I was afraid to do that ministry. I was afraid I didn't think I had what it took. And then when I got on there and there, you just t- you give the squeals of delight of, of here's what God did as I got on the dance floor with, uh, with him. 
And make no mistake, every single person in this room, God is calling you to something deeper. You may have been walking with God for, for 30, 40, 50 years hard and strong. God wants to take you deeper. God has new dances for you. And you may be just in this and you've never taken your first step with God and God's saying, today is the day you can have that relationship with me and start dancing with, with me. And know something else is God, God doesn't just call people. God calls couples. God calls families into new dances with him. And make no mistake, God calls churches into new dances. God is never wanting us to stay where we are as a church or as a family or as anything. He always wants to take us deeper. He wants always always takes us from glory to glory. He takes us to new places with him and deeper relationships with, with him. And so here's the thing. We can either as a church, every time God says, let's go to a new place, let's do something new, we can either say, no, I'm sitting this dance out or we can grab his hand and get on the dance floor. Even right now, we don't, may not be real good at that dance. God is always wanting to do that. God wants to take us deeper. And if we could just bow our head and close our eyes. You may be here today, you may be listening to me today, and you've never said yes to the invitation that God has given you to receive him as your Lord and Savior. You may know about God, you may love him, you may have no problem with that, you may absolutely believe that Jesus died on the cross, but you've never made that personal. It's like Jesus is knocking at the door, but you just keep him at the door, and you've never invited him in. You've never said yes to that invitation, and we want to give you that chance today. If you've never done that, or maybe even you did that at a time, but it's not real right now in your life. It's something that was in the past, but it's not present day reality. Maybe you're away from God and you know you need to get close to God. You know you need to re-accept that invitation with Him. I'm just going to give you that chance. And if, if you could pray this prayer sincerely from your heart out loud, and if everybody else could join in with them right now, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. And thank you for inviting me to dance. I'm accepting your invitation. Or I'm accepting your invitation again. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I give you the steering wheel of my life. And I ask you to to take it over. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed still, if you prayed that prayer, just want to ask you to go to the, the back of the church there over to your left behind. We want to give you something on behalf of the church. We want to celebrate the decision that you made. If you're online, uh, let us know about it. Let us know about the, the decisions that you made that were, that were made today because right now the Bible says that there's a, a party going on in heaven for you and, and there's, there's going to be a difference in the relationship. But for all the others, I just pray this. God, we want to dance with you. Forgive us as we've given every excuse to, to why we're not on the floor with you and everything, but here we say yes to your invitation right now today to take us deeper, to teach us new dance steps, to take us places we've never gone, to, to do things we've never done together. And God, I pray that tomorrow that we say yes to that invitation to dance with you and Tuesday and Wednesday and for the rest of our life that we wake up and every morning the first thing we do is just say yes God I say yes to that dance I want you to take me where you want to go I want you to teach me what you want to teach me I want you to use me in ways that you want to use me Holy Spirit come in and, and yes God I say yes to your dance 
And so God, forgive us when we've made religion more important than relationship. God, we don't want to just know about you. We want to know you personally. We don't know, know all the facts about you. We want to know who you are. We want to know your character. We want to know your love. We want to know your power. We want to know your grace. We want to know your miraculous ways of doing things because we're living it every day. We want to know the inheritance we have. We want to know, God, that we can have a friendship with you and a relationship with you. We want to know our purpose. We want to know, Lord God, all that you have for us experientially, not just head knowledge. So, Lord, you invite us to the dance. We know we're going to be, not do it perfectly, but we say yes. And thank you, God, for a safe place that we can come and we can learn together. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.